Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Garrett Ross producing Josh Neighbors, Neighborhood Watch, alongside. Before uh, we get to Josh, super chat from Houston Cougars, Germany, five euros, which is more than five bucks. My man. Thanks to that strength of the American dollar. Uh, (laughs) Houston needs fewer whiners and fair weather fans. We need more proactive supporters who go to games because that's what fans do. Go Cougs. Uh, So thank you, uh, Houston Cougars, Germany. Danke Shane. Uh, since you were over there uh, in Germany. But uh, Josh joins us now, neighbor to watch Crystal Ball College football. Um, I'm I'm still kind of dealing emotionally with that. I have no dog in the hunt, but the way that Houston-West Virginia game ended was bananas. Yeah, I am. I am. I had a dog in the hunt. Uh, my dog did not hunt. Um, that, is, that is a problem with that. Yeah. So I had West Virginia minus two and a half. Uh, felt pretty good about it there. Honestly, like numbers wise, like I was on the right side of that game, so I actually feel pretty good about it. I mean, I, like I don't know how Houston Cougars fans feel better about Dana Holgerson after that game. I will say this: Donovan Smith has been so up and down. Even saw it in the game. He was he was ripping that ball all over the place. And I know that West Virginia secondary has taken some big hits in terms of personnel and who's available, and whatnot. But um, I was really impressed and. You know, I, mean, I was impressed at times by both teams. Dana, at the end of the game, playing not to lose, like really, your quarterback has not missed, a, I don't think he missed a throw the entire second half. And they decide to run the ball and punt it back. It's like, your defense sucks. You, you know your defense sucks. They've been moving the ball all day on you. Really, the only stop you got was one punt, and then you got the interception in the end zone, which would have, was really a touchdown. And I, so I don't get that, but Donovan Smith, you know, the, the man check tipping it back up and then, uh, and then Johnson, you know, coming through with the catch and look like, I know he and his, and his dad's pretty active on social media. Like we're pretty frustrated with what happened in Oklahoma state. A lot of people were, but he has not played particularly awesome so far at Houston. He had a massive game, obviously the catch right there too, but he had another touchdown as well. So Houston needed this game. They had a Holgerson needed this game. And now they feel a little bit better about life as they head towards the Texas game next week. Yeah. Donovan Smith, 21 of 27, 253 and four touchdowns. And of course, uh, that, uh, that last one was spectacular. Yeah. I, I, I think though, Josh, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show, Garrett and I did that there's gotta be at least four, especially the new four with the new conference. I know that, you know, Houston fans might be up and down on Dana Holgerson, but I do think you need to like, there needs to be some research you know, like some actual numbers and find out where you're deficient compared to the new league and even the newer new league after that before you get, like, rash and decide that Dana Holgerson's not the guy anymore. Yeah, so I'm with that a bit, but also at the same time, too, like, Dana Holgerson's teams have not changed. 
like the rice game is just a complete i mean you had i forget who it was after the game uh saying like yeah did we just like we took them we did not take them seriously and that cannot happen i just and even see it like okay the first half against Texas tech they're you know they're they're banging with them they're scoring with them second half things go completely quiet for you that can't be the way things go for for houston football and especially because Think about the new four schools. Like UCF is the best job out of the four just because of the location. But Houston is probably number two in terms of location. I know Cincinnati is a good spot, but think about like Houston is the fourth largest American city, right? The yeah. media market every city. But like the number of players on on SEC rosters from places like Missouri City, right? Yeah. And, and even in Houston. And Louisiana is right next door. There's a lot of uh, you know Astros fans, Louisiana, you know the, the LSU fans, and all you know, kind of just a big mixture of area. Like that's a really good job. For the same reasons that Houston is or uh, UCF is a good job. So, you know, I, I'm not saying Houston like they have to you know that they they have to be patient. Uh, and they they have a little reason to, I think to push a little bit. But I, just when it comes to Dana, I feel like he's a specific case because like I kind of feel like Dana is not. He's an air raid coach. And like air raid yeah. coaches don't really evolve. I actually think Doug Belk is not is not too bad. Like the, the personnel they have, they try to beef it up. And at times the defense does look good. And I know they made a change. I forgot the kid's name. They made a change last night in defensive line. They did get some pressure at some times. But um that that's a work in progress. But yeah, man, it's just Dana's kind of Dana at this point. And I don't really know if if he's bringing what Houston needs to be successful in the big 12, even though he's got big 12 experience. Yeah. I, I think that you're, uh, I mean, like we'll see. I mean, again, we'll see. I, I think that you do have to, I think everybody needs to like cool out before they start changing coaches, but Houston's going to have advantages that, you know, other schools just don't because they're in Houston and they're going to get, yeah. we talked about earlier, they're going to get the homesick kids out of the portal. They want to come back to Houston and, so they've got that advantage, but they, they need to strike while the iron's hot. Uh, elsewhere in the Big 12, this is, I don't like, you know, this is a big bye week. You know, there's, there's, there's several teams on bye. But um, for BYU and TCU and Kansas State and Texas Tech in particular, these are two games that um, could be season turners uh, for Everybody involved in, in different in different regards. Let's start with BYU and TCU. The Horn Frogs feel to me that they're they're warding off a free fall right now, and BYU could come in and take advantage of that. Yes. So people and, and I look at the spread and I, and I I get it. Like I so I understand why it's six. TCU's team is much more talented than BYU's. BYU number, like, if you go and look at the way they were playing in some of these games, they did not outplay Arkansas. They did not outplay Cincinnati for a large stretch of that game. They did not outplay Kansas. And the only the other games they had, like, uh, Southern Utah, right? And then uh, um, Steve F. Austin, which was, or Steve F. Austin, Sam Houston, 14 nothing. They did not play well in that game. But I will say this they are very opportunistic. And that's bad news for TCU because that's the kind of team that that can beat them. West Virginia did the very same thing to them when they played them a couple weeks ago. I will say this. I'm wondering what happens when a team like this spreads out BYU. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to go particularly well. But, I mean, the quarterback thing is a huge problem for TCU right now. I will say the one thing about TCU, this is not being talked about because they're not playing well, Imani Bailey is having a monster season so far. Yeah, he's fantastic. They, they, 
they might they maybe should get, do the Kendra Miller experience and maybe run that thing thirty times tomorrow. I mean, I think that might be the uh, uh, that might I, be the thing you need. I've seen Kendall Bryles do it before. Nobody talks oh, about it. Forget in this, he has running back. Yeah, no, no, no. Like run, like look. Like, I'll the. Uh, the game they beat UCLA in the Holiday Bowl, they threw the ball like 12 times. I mean, they just ran, 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 ran. Uh, he was right. the one who came up with the plan when they didn't have quarterbacks and won the game uh, in Orlando, the, whatever, the Camping World Bowl or whatever it was that year. I don't know. That, that one changes sponsors quite a bit. But uh, he's the one who did that. So, um, you know, he. I do think that, the pressure to go fast in that offense and the way that they practice, um, maybe sometimes you just can't do that with the guys that you have. I think particularly with their offensive line, talking to Steven Simcox about it uh, on the show uh, on, on, on Triple Option the other day uh, on, on my, my earlier show, Josh, was uh, it was like maybe they just don't have the linemen to do that right now, to go as fast as, as KB wants to go. Yeah, it's it's interesting living in Arkansas now. You know, the, the Kendall Bryles debate is like a really weird one because Arkansas. I mean, they have Daninos now, and like they their offense really just it kind of needs some Kendall Bryles in it. But you know, sometimes the Kendall Bryles offense needs a little bit more Daninos in it, and I mean, like in a good way. Like he's sometimes you do need to slow things down. I think Texas Tech. You and I talked about them last week. They did a great job of that last week against Baylor, right? Like there was still a lot of pace in that, but like their commitment to running the football was definitely there. Um, you know, I think TCU can really slow down BYU. I actually don't know if that's going to be – they have to be locked in if they're, they're going to do that. But, like, focused defenses can kind of hold back the BYU offense for stretches of time. The thing you can't do is just, like, you need to be better on special teams than them. You cannot give them short fields. They cash in short fields, it feels like, you know, like really often. Um they don't get to the quarterback a ton, I believe. So the one thing is you might have a good chance – of having Josh, I believe Josh Hoover's playing, uh, you know, letting him have some time. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, like, as good as BYU is, and I hate to, to be like this, but, like, all my attention's on TCU because they were in the national championship game last year. And, like, the attention should be on TCU. And Sonny Dykes, I know it's a transition year, but there's top of that roster, you know, maybe, maybe being, you know, a little bit, like, kind of the same talent level as last year's. Problem is, quarterback-wise, they're not there. Offensive coordinator-wise, there's a little bit of a gap there as well, too. Um, and defensively, they're not making all the adjustments that you like them to see, and they're getting beat in the margins, ironically, after a year they beat everybody in the margins. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Texas Tech and Kansas State. Kansas State needs to wash off that loss to Oklahoma State, and Tech needs to, you know, continue on their winning streak. Uh, And, look, they beat Houston, obviously, who's up and down. They beat Baylor, who's down. Uh, And now they've got Kansas State who needs this and Baron Morton looked very comfortable last week Baylor uh, didn't do much to get in his way um the I mean Big 12 I mean uh Taj ran all over the place yeah Yeah, Taj Brooks ran all over the place so that might be different than what he's going to see against Kansas State this week but uh Tech's in a position here to maybe gather back some of their hype yes um it's this game is impossible to handicap just because yeah. you, you don't want to bet against Chris Kleiman and company because you know what they're capable of. But then you watch them last week off a of bye week just get, I mean, it was one-way traffic in terms of coaching. Like that first, they got that they got punched in the mouth in the word go. Uh, that first drive, that script was fantastic from Casey Dunn and Mike Gundy. 
and K-State, you know, they, they were putting a, a pretty significant hole um, pretty early on. I just, man, like, I, I, I think Texas Tech is turning the corner. I've seen it in the last six quarters for them, right? The last half of the Houston game and the last, uh, the entire four quarters against Baylor. But what, like, what does that actually mean? Um, K-State's missing some corners, and obviously, too, they are missing uh, Daniel Green in the middle. They're not running the ball as effectively as they normally have. The receivers are not as open as they normally are. Uh, Will Howard is not making great decisions, but he's got to force balls and tight windows. He's not making good decisions, but it's not like there's a lot of great decisions there to make. I feel like Ben Sennett's honestly the guy who's open the most, yeah. which is a problem. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a big problem for them. So, you know, I, I feel about this spot here. Like, I think everything points to Tech winning. Here's the problem, though, Paul, is that this happened last year as a big night game at home, right in conference, and they had a they had a kind of corner turning uh, opportunity, and they got absolutely crushed by Baylor. And yeah. It was it was Baron Warren playing quarterback, and he's dinged. I'm not sure how good the shoulder is, so I, I really don't know. Um, you know, I, I think like, you try running the football against K State because I actually think there's a chance that they're pretty weak there. Uh, some teams have had some success at that point, and that's not what we thought was going to happen. So Ollie Gordon had a big week last week, and um, maybe you try to do what Gundy and company did, and you know have hey have uh, you know have your guy make a, a few throws, but um, you know I'm I'm wondering how much pace we're going to see because Oklahoma State did have some did have some success with it at times, but also too there were some moments where it was like y'all need to put this game away and they let K State hang around. So if it's, if it's a close game, I'm going to trust K State more. Because in close games this year, um, you know, I know K-State hasn't been excellent, but, like, Texas Tech has not been as good as they were last year. So it's it's really hard to figure out which way this game's going to go. I mean, I guess I'm going to take the home team in Texas Tech. But, yeah, it's basically a Big 12 title eliminator, and it's two teams that thought they would be in better spots than they were in this game. And really they're just fighting to stay alive at this point in the Big 12 hunt. Yeah. Kansas and Oklahoma State is very interesting to me in that um, you Kansas won't have – Jalen Daniels, so that's that's a problem. I mean, but they managed a way through last week very well against a team that can't stop the run. Oklahoma State might have found themselves a little bit, and they're playing in Stillwater, which is like the twilight zone for everybody else. So maybe Oklahoma State, while they're when they win games this year, it is not going to look. I'll just say it fun, like they're compared to how they used to win games, but they might have found a way to to uh, you know make it muddy and and keep people close and, and, and steal some. Yeah, so I forgot what the number is exactly, but Mike Gundy is, like, ridiculous as a home underdog. I mean, he has been I, – I saw the number last. I think Cody Nagel tweeted that. Uh, I forgot what it was exactly, though. So that gave me pause because, like, I, I think pretty confidently Kansas – this is weird to think. Like, Kansas, I'm not sure the entire roster is better, but, like, I think Kansas has the better team. I, re- I really think Kansas has a better team. Um. You know, like like Kansas football had a you know pretty they got beat pretty badly at the end of the Texas game. Like it was close, then it wasn't close, and they responded by beating the brakes off UCF. Like that is not something that Kansas teams really do. Last year's Kansas team fell apart after a loss, and that's the one thing about them is they are a hammer with the rushing attack. I mean, Highshaw and Neal are in a groove right now. The offensive line is blocking so well. Kotelnicki has done a great job dialing up. Kansas threw for ninety eight yards last week and scored fifty points. Yeah. I mean, that is ridiculous. So uh, I'm wondering if if Mike Gundy and Brian Nardo can get into a spot where they do have to make Jason Bean beat them because 
I, I can't think of a game where Jason Bean and Jason Bean's gotten close to beating some teams because they've you know shootout games like last year, close against Oklahoma a little bit, close against Baylor at times, close against TC when he came in relief, but never like actually got the job done. Um, so I'm wondering if if they if that Oklahoma State defense can put Kansas in that spot. That's kind of my big question for this game. All right. We'll do two national games before we go. Miami and North Carolina. Uh, Miami coming off the biggest blunder you can possibly make as a coach. I think they'll be very focused on the coaching staff. The players will be the question. Is North Carolina too good? And did Miami um, show themselves a little bit? Uh, just weird ACC night games. I just It's just like yikes. You just yuck, yuck, yuck. You know, it's one of those games where... Yeah, if anybody's better out there, I just encourage you to stay away from this game. Um, look, like, I, I think I think this Miami team is very, very good. Tyler Van Dyke has really turned a corner compared to what he was doing last year. Just the mismanagement of last week's game kind of has to make you rethink everything and how much those players trust their coaching staff to be put in place to succeed right now. It can't be, it can't be a whole lot. And so that does worry me. That does concern me right now as far as Miami is concerned. Um, I'm interested to see how Tess Walker looks, right? I think this is, you know, the first, you know, see him full, full speed, you know, uh, see if they can get him back fully incorporated in the offense. And I think Drake May, obviously, Drake May has big-time Sam Howell vibes in that final year Sam Howell played there when they took away all the weapons that he had, you know, like when the entire Michael Carter, Deami Brown group kind of got phased out and it was all him. It feels like it's a little bit better than that, but still like not excellent. So this game is really interesting. I, I think maybe overall Miami's got better per- – I think they actually pretty feel like pretty confident. Miami overall has better personnel. I trust the coach on the other side of the ball better – uh, conservative old Mac, Mac, Mac Brown, you know, it, it looks like, uh, you know, like Brand Staley compared to, <laughs> compared to Mario Cristobal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that concerns me. So I would take Carolina. I, mean, I, I would take Carolina because they're at home. And I think there's a lot of questions being asked of Mario Cristobal right now. And I'm sure he's doubting himself. Yeah, that that just uh, that's one. It's going to be tough to to watch off. All right. The big one, Oregon, Washington from Seattle. This is one of the hardest games I've ever had to pick in my life. I feel I feel good about Oregon and just like they might lose, but I'm just kind of not too worried about it. You know, I think yeah. Oregon all around is better team. I think up front they're actually pretty good, or at least better. Um, you know, I think that the big thing is like, can they get pressure on Washington? Right? Uh, if you let Michael Penix sit back and 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 deal, he's going to deal. Right? They've got you know multiple NFL wide receivers in the team, and that's just the way it's going to be. Tough environment, obviously, but I think that high powered Oregon offense has a good chance to put up just as many points. Um, I've loved the way that Bonex has looked this year. He's very, very confident. One of the environment will get to him at all, but he seems like he's just matured. He's gotten older, he's gotten better. Uh, and so I, I think it's really compelling from the standpoint of like one of these guys will emerge as a Heisman favorite, right? The kind of feels like it's how it's, how it's going to go for this game. Um, and I, I, you know, I think we're expecting a, 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 a shootout, right? Maybe things are slow and in the beginning, the guys are tight maybe in the beginning because the atmosphere and everything. I think eventually everybody gets loose. They start putting up points, and I think I trust Oregon to get a few more stops. All right, Josh, um, is there a game we haven't talked about that uh, maybe maybe you've got on your radar? Well, you know, because all these schools are like, are like pretty significant favorites, um, so I, I think that's big. I'd like to shout out tonight in the AAC, Memphis against uh, 
Memphis is playing uh, Tulane. That's a pretty big game in the uh, American Athletic Conference. Mm-hmm. Also this weekend, I, I am looking to see uh, the Notre Dame USC game, mm-hmm. just because Notre Dame just keeps playing big game after big game after big game, and like I'm not sure they thought it would end up being like this, but like Duke obviously got them in a big spot, Louisville got them in a big spot, both those were at home. You know, I, I felt like that that entire last drive against Ohio State was a game in itself that took out just like you know, it's like an extra game almost they had to play mm-hmm. uh, just emotionally, and so like you're thinking, okay, back at home now, is that good? Is that bad? You know, what's the state of the team? Are they banged up? Because um, Louisville, Louisville took it to a little bit last week there towards the I mean, they got to Sam Hartman. But the thing is, you know, it's crazy to think this. USC's defense is probably nowhere near as good as Louisville's defense is, which is a weird statement to say, but that just kind of goes to the Alex Grinch territory. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm wondering how they approach this game. I try to slow things down. I try to limit possessions. I want to try to score with USC because, hey, like, if, if Fafita can do it, uh, you know, and Arizona can do it. Why the hell can we not do it? So uh, I'm interested to see Marcus Freeman's coaching approach because I'll tell you what, man. He there's there is no coach in the country who is uh, who is more maligned on a week to week basis. I feel like for the way they approach games than Marcus Freeman. I know the 10, 10 men thing was pretty bad, but it feels like each week, just like the Duke game, people are like, "Why are you playing for a long field goal in this game?" That make, does not make a ton of sense you know, in the moment when they were doing it. Luckily, they got out of that thing alive. You know, I think some of the folks were upset about like, the way they protected last week and then this week too. You're wondering, all right, how's the approach? So I think it's because they're playing so many big games, but nobody week to week gets more scrutiny in terms of coaching because those big games, because Notre Dame, because of who he's following, than, than uh, Marcus Freeman. So he has to deal with that in his second year of being head coach, which I don't envy him at all. I think Marcus Freeman is in the category right now, and I think he'll be out of it soon enough, where he is a great coach Sunday to Friday. And then on Saturdays, he's not there yet. I think he gets there. I mean, I, yeah. like, it's, I it's mean, coming. I, we're going, but, yeah, we're going there right now, too. You know, like Sam, watching Sam Pittman in, here in Arkansas, it's just some guys, they just don't have it on game day when they go up against better coaches. But, like, eventually they do learn. You know what I mean? Or sometimes they don't. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I think you kind of like his chances well, to, to figure it out. Marcus Freeman's young. Young coach. Yeah, he's really young. It's Yeah, yeah, yeah he's got plenty of time. Yeah, he's got plenty of time. All right, Josh, have a great weekend, man. Always enjoy it. We'll talk to you next week. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.